Welcome to another edition of the Sports Rotation. As always, I am your host, Jay Butler. And if you're listening to me, you're listening through SoundCloud. You're listening through Google Play Music. You're listening through TuneIn Radio, all free. Stitcher.com is also free. I would like it if you did use Stitcher.com. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com. Or you can go to my website, thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. Again, that's thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. A lot of stuff to get into today. And... I wasn't quite sure how I was going to get into it because there's stuff from the NFL that's teaching us lessons. There's stuff in the NBA that's teaching us lessons. Lessons all over sports. And I find myself uh, intrigued by the situation that is going on with the Washington Redskins because they can only blame themselves. They put themselves in this situation with Kirk Cousins. You knew from the time that Kirk Cousins took over, whether or not you were going to sign him long-term, whether or not he was going to be a franchise guy that you can build around, whether or not uh, you were going to commit to him moving forward, you knew that. You knew you had to make a choice on that because you had given up on your franchise, Robert Griffin III. Totally given up on him. Had to go in a different direction. That was your time to assess the situation and use the first couple of years of Cousins' uh, career to decide if he was the quarterback moving forward. And you decided to keep franchising him. So you've been paying him like he is a superstar talent quarterback. Well, in case you have not seen, in case you have not uh, come to the conclusion on your own, he ain't the guy. He is not the guy. This will be year three of you having to decide whether or not to franchise him or not. You've already franchised him for this year. We're going on year three of this mess. And it is a mess. Because when you put him side by side against Carson Wentz, it's not even close. It's not like I'm talking about uh, McDonald's chicken, uh, McChicken sandwich versus Chick-fil-A's chick chicken sandwich. We know that Chick-fil-A has a superior quality of meat than McDonald's is dealing with. We know that. We know if you go into a Chick-fil-A restaurant right now, you're going to be, get much better service than you would from McDonald's. You can go to any Chick-fil-A and get much better service than any of the fast food restaurants that are, that are out there. No, we're talking about an upscale dinner versus a ready-made meal from Publix. Now, that's not to say, excuse me, that the ready-made meals that are at Publix are bad. But when I'm lining up a ready-made meal from Publix versus, let's say, the Cheesecake Factory and their dinner entrees, their selections, it's not even close. It's not even close. And so now, it's it's basically the whole entire world is seeing the situation that that you're, you're finding yourselves in. You don't have a real quarterback. 
I mean, there was an interesting stat about cousins that I found online. It says that cousins has la- lost all five of his appearances on Monday Night Football, as well as three Thursday games. He's thrown 10 touchdowns and nine interceptions in those appearances that he's been making as the starting quarterback. Now, on the weekend, much different, much different player, much different caliber of talent. 24 and 18 and 1. That's his record. 24, 18 and 1. But the more important question that you need to ask yourself is, why is it on the weekdays Cousins is less successful than he is on the weekends? What's the story behind that? Well, the story behind that has been that when Cousins plays on primetime games, those primetime games usually involve good teams. They usually involve teams that other people want to see. Even if you're not an NFL fan, you want to tune in for that particular night because two successful teams are going up against each other. And Cousins has a terrible record when it comes to, or terrible stats also, when it comes to playing in primetime TV. Folks, he's just not good enough. Putting him next to Carson Wentz highlighted that. And I know you can say, oh, well, look, Cousins threw for over 300 yards. He had three touchdowns, and he also had that ridiculous pick in the end that pretty much sealed the game in the fourth quarter, down by 14 points. Threw a pick directly to Corey Graham. Game is on the line in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is where the big-time quarterbacks step up and make plays. And Cousins just didn't have it in him. Now, you can blame the offensive line. You can blame the receiver talent around him. But big-time quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks, elevate those around him. Just look at Carson Wentz on the other side of the, of the, um, of the field. Oh, he loses his left tackle. Doesn't matter. Still goes out there and makes plays. He's playing with Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar, the wide receiver for the Eagles, was benched last year. Torrey Smith is on his last legs. Had been on his last legs for the past two years playing in Baltimore. And he threw another touchdown pass to Mac Hollins. Who is a Mac Hollins? Second-year player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Hasn't done much. Even with that wide-receiving core, Wentz is able to go out and elevate those around him. And they've got plenty of holes, but that's what franchise quarterbacks do. They plug in the holes to make teams look better than what they are. Now, if you're a Philadelphia fan, you should be excited. I mean, you're sitting at 6-1. and one. You're at the top of the division. It doesn't look like anybody is going to catch you unless Dallas is able to pull off two wins against this team this year, which I don't think is a possibility. But a big story is that you lost your starting left tackle, and Peters is a big-time talent. You want that guy protecting your blind side. 
You need that guy protecting your blind side. And moving forward, a lot of people saying that that schedule is easy. Uh, two games against the Cowboys, uh, a game against the Rams, a game against Denver, and a game against Oakland. Those aren't cupcakes. Even if you're looking at their, their, their records combined, not easy teams to beat. Not by any means. But it, it's just, it was obvious to anybody who's looking. Kirk Cousins, he just ain't the guy. He is not the guy. And now, what do you do? Do you just totally let Kirk Cousins go? You don't pay him? And then you bring in a rookie quarterback and start this process all over again? With the amount of talent that you have on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball, you're just going to start over? And who's coming out? Because this year's quarterback class looks like it's much better than what people thought that it was going to be. And Sam Darnold might not even come out this year. There's talk about him staying in school. So what do you do? I don't know. Do you push the reset button? I don't know. All I know is, is when you have cousins out there and you have a franchise quarterback, it's like comparing a ready-made Publix meal to an upscale dinner. Not even close. Oh, the upscale, not the upscale dinner, but the uh, ready-made meal, it'll get the job done. You know, it, it's good enough in a pinch if you're running behind and you need to get food on the table quickly. But when I'm talking about taking out my girl, taking out my wife to impress her, no, we're not doing Publix ready-made meals. So that's what's that with that situation. Also, I want to talk a little bit about this Martavius Bryant situation. Now, it's interesting that someone who had been suspended since last year because of violating the drug policy of the NFL, it's interesting looking at this guy and the, the amount of trouble that he's gotten himself into with his mouth. He hasn't done much off the field, but with his mouth, talking about he's not happy with his role on the team. Well... He shouldn't necessarily be happy with his role on the team just yet. And, you know, it's interesting with what Martavius Bryant was saying, coming out on social media, talking about how he wants to be traded. Nobody's picking you up. Nobody's trading you. The Steelers have a lot invested in you. People aren't going to trade necessarily for a guy who at any time could get busted again and have to face a big time or a bigger time suspension than what he previously had. So Martavius isn't going anywhere. He might be unhappy with his role, but you gotta earn that role back. You gotta prove to everybody in that building that you're worth getting the ball and that they can trust you to make plays. What they can't or what they can trust you is is you running your mouth either through the media and social media. Not ways for you to get more involved in the offense. It doesn't work that way. Unless you're Le'Veon Bell. Unless you're Ben Roethlisberger. Well, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have to be worried about getting involved in the offense. He controls the offense. But Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, guys that have proved it day in and day out. Yeah, those are guys that can talk. Martavius Bryant, uh, not so much. 
And let's stop with the I gotta feed my family bit. If you were so interested in feeding your family, you wouldn't have been you wouldn't have got caught for smoking marijuana over the off season. Where was your commitment to feeding your family then? Because that had more of an impact on the amount of money that you're providing for your household than what it is or or the amount of plays that you're being given within the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. But it was very interesting listening to Mike Tomlin. I think Mike Tomlin has just had about enough. I think he's had enough about um, Ben Roethlisberger coming out last year talking about how the practices were too hard. Le'Veon Bell coming out. And, and having his issues with the offense. It was interesting listening to Mike Tomlin's comments. Listen up uh, with what he had to say regarding Martavius Bryant. Talk about Martavius Bryant and his situation, really just to, to provide great clarity and maybe answer any questions that you guys might have. Um, I have no desire to sit up here with a catcher's mid and field questions about Martavis and his social media habits, to be quite honest with you. Um, We've invested a lot in Martavis since we drafted him. Um, he's not available uh, via a trade. Um, we've invested a lot. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground. It's obvious that we still got more ground to cover with him because we're having a conversation about him that's not football related. Um, but we have. Um, he's done a lot uh, in the period of time that he's been here in terms of improving not only as a player but as a man. Uh, but we still got a ways to go. Um, he was out of bounds with some of his actions in terms of the things that he said on, on social media. Uh, it, will, it will be dealt with appropriately so. Uh, that ball's in my court. I haven't visited with him yet. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I haven't visited with him yet because I've had bigger fish to fry. Um, the preparation and overall readiness, uh, getting ready for this opportunity, uh, the Detroit Lions uh, really takes precedence. Uh, they're coming off of a bye. Um, I'll visit with him at some point when I do. Um, I'll rain down my judgment and we'll move forward. Uh. And there you have it. Rain down my judgment. I love that line. Rain down my judgment. Mike Tomlin seems like the kind of guy, everybody calls him a player's coach, but he seems like a no-nonsense guy, like the guy who you do not want to mess with. Mike Tomlin looks like he could go out and suit up right now and play some inside linebacker for you if you, if it if you needed him in a pinch, but Mark Tave, Mike Tomlin isn't having any of it. I love it. I love it. So it'll be interesting to see what's going on with that situation moving forward. But going back to not having franchise quarterbacks on your roster, what is the deal with the New York Giants? What are you not telling me? Because Eli has been terrible, and this is not year one of Eli being terrible. Eli has regressed the past two years in the league. This really, if you want to go back three years, he's been regressing. It almost seems like the game has kind of passed Eli by. But before you had Eli, you could rely on that a solid running game. You could rely on receivers elevating Eli. Plaxico Burroughs did. But now it's it's like Eli Eli was never one of the most mobile quarterbacks. He was a quarterback who could move his feet in the pocket and avoid um, avoid taking the key sacks at at key moments during the game. 
But it looks like this new league has passed Eli by. I mean, he's completing 64% of his passes, 10 touchdowns to 5 interceptions. But it doesn't tell the full story. Eli just isn't capable of putting a team on his shoulders and, and just getting a win. When's the, last, when's the last signature win that Eli has had? And I know people are going to go back and say, well, he's got two Super Bowl champions or championships. Those two Super Bowl championships seem like a long, long, long time ago. What you're really saying is because they talked to the general manager, they talked to the coach, there are no plans to bench Eli. What you're really telling me is you don't have any future guy on that bench that you feel competent in. You don't have a guy that you even want to get a look at. Even with the Giants sitting at 1-5, and five, you don't want to give a little looky-loo just to see what the other guy has? Or is that offense just so terrible that even with uh, benching Eli, you'll get a chance to see just how terrible it could get even more? Is it that bad? It must be that bad. I mean, the season is essentially over. I mean, you can say whatever you want to. The season is essentially over for the New York Giants. Not that I'm sorry for you Giants fans. I've been putting up with your mouth for the longest time. So now is your time to sit back and shut up. If you're not a fan of the show, too bad. But there's nothing you can say about this year. Just sit back and shut up. But I'm, I'm looking at this Giants fan, and you have one dynamic player who's been lost for the whole entire year. You put together a solid defense, but you haven't put together any skill players to offset the diminishing skills of Eli Manning. That goes to the GM. And Giants fans, are you competent in this particular administration being able to find another franchise quarterback that can get you over the hump? Because if you are looking around the NFC, let's see, you got Carson Wentz, you got Dak Prescott, you have Goff, you have um, Russell Wilson, Mitch Trubisky looks like he could possibly be a, a fairly uh, adequate player. Well, at least they're winning with him, I'll say. So you've got a lot of talent that's coming up through the NFC East, or not the NFC East, but the NFC in general, when it comes to quarterback talent. I don't know what to say about that for Redskins and Giants fans, because it's obvious you don't have a guy. You don't have the guy. You don't have a franchise quarterback. So now again, what do you do? Giants fans, what do you do? Redskins fans, do you hope for your team to tank? Do you throw in the towel? Because presently, uh, as, the, as the situation is presently constituted, you ain't going anywhere anytime quick. Nowhere quick. I wanted to segue to what's going on with the dumpster fire that is the Phoenix Suns. And it's interesting because being a Bulls fan, I've been hearing so long about how bad 
the Bulls team is and how they're the laughing stock of the league. And thank you, Suns fans, for taking a lot of eyes off of the Chicago Bulls. What people forget about the Chicago Bulls right now is that Zach Levine and Chris Dunn are both injured, and you won't be seeing Zach Levine for probably another month or so. So this roster, with them jacking up a whole bunch of three-pointers and with guys who are playing out of position, this roster isn't Fred Hoiberg's uh, roster that he has fully set. We're getting a chance to see how good Laurie Markkinen can be. Solid rookie. My vote for rookie of the year. But at least there's hope going on with the Chicago Bulls. A hope because we don't have the full pieces put together yet. But what's going on within Phoenix? Can you tell me, like, I'm looking at this situation. You guys had Isaiah Thomas. You had Goran Dragic. And you pretty much just let those guys go. I know you got some draft picks for Goran Dragic, a couple of uh, Miami Heat draft picks to kick down the road at a later point in time. But when are the Miami Heat, like, ever really, really, really bad? When's the last time that's happened? Even last year, with a whole bunch of guys playing from the D-League, Miami almost made the playoffs. So when are you going to start benefiting from those draft picks? Phoenix was always one of those teams that, depending on the situation, with where they were at, when they, when they had Bledsoe and when they had Goran Dragic together, they were on that cusp of being a playoff team. And people around the, around the situation, reporters around the situation were saying, look, they are on the cusp of possibly being a playoff team, but if they make the wrong moves, this thing could go into the toilet quick, smooth, and in a hurry. And that's exactly what it has. You got Josh Jackson on your team. You've got talent. Josh Jackson, Marquise Chris. Bender, even Bledsoe is a talented player, and yet you haven't been able to win? I'm not even talking about making the playoffs. I'm talking about just putting together a competitive roster that can go out and get you close to 40 wins. Why is that not possible with the situation with the Phoenix Suns? Because they're a dumpster fire, and thank you for being a dumpster fire. I'm sure Knicks fans are also thanking you for being a dumpster fire. And I'm sure Knicks fans would gladly take uh, Bledsoe over Frank Tilikina or Nilikina or however it is you pronounce his name. I'd know how to pronounce his name if he actually set foot on an NBA court and was actually playing. But it seems like he can't make it past practice. Thank you, Phil Jackson. But I always... I'm always more interested in the dumpster fires than I am in, t- in the actual stories of success because they make for better stories, make for much better stories. In conclusion, I'd like to talk a little bit about baseball. Everybody is uh, looking down on the fact that the Houston Astros made the um, World Series instead of the New York Yankees. Let me tell you something. The only thing that was compelling about this Yankees team was Aaron Judge. That was the only reason to tune in to watch them. There wasn't anything else. It's not a very good team. And for once, in baseball, which doesn't happen quite often, also doesn't happen quite often in football, too, 
But in baseball, it is very rare that you get the two best teams from the beginning of the year who were said to be the two best teams actually making it to the World Series. So instead of looking down on the fact that the Yankees didn't make it, how about you embrace the fact that you are going to see the best teams go up against each other? And I think in a couple of years, you're going to be looking back and saying, man, that Astros team, that Dodgers team, those are some pretty amazing teams. And when you think about it, having Springer, Altuve, Correa, uh, I forget how to pronounce, uh, Dallas Keuchel, I believe, Verlander, all on the same team at the, at the same time. On the flip side, you have that Dodgers roster. I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm actually going to sit down and watch myself a World Series game. Haven't watched one in a couple of years now because the storylines just haven't been that compelling to me. But take advantage. Embrace it. Embrace the fact that you have the two best teams going at it because it's going to be a showdown. Well, that's all I got for you guys today. I want to thank you for being in the rotation with me again. Um, there's different ways to tune in to the podcast. You can tune in through Stitcher.com. You can tune in through uh, TuneIn Radio, through SoundCloud, through Google Play. But I'd like for you to be going to my website if you can. That's thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. Again, that's thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. I'd like to thank you for being in the rotation with me. I'm out.